Hi, my name is Robert McMahon. I'm the Connection Director here at Covenant Church, and I'm thrilled that you're listening. If you're checking us out for the first time, welcome. We're so glad that you're here, and I'd like to take this chance to invite you to let us know that you're tuning in today. We'd love nothing more than to help you start building meaningful relationships and to join you on the journey of faith. Just go to bgcovenant.org connect and let us know how we can be in touch. With that said, let's dive in and listen together to this week's message. Well, the reason I show that this morning is because uh, I think that we all have a little bit of Frank Costanza within us. We all have a tendency to trend towards a festivist type attitude. Uh, and we're all in different, spect- different parts of the spectrum, though. I mean, from a range of Buddy the Elf to festivist, some of us are more festivist prone than others. Um, but we all have that within us because really, all festivist is is just the idea of checking out, taking a step back. Like, tinsel, too much. Metal pole, that's good enough. Um, fighting over a doll, I'm out. Let's just do another thing. And maybe you haven't invented your own holiday to escape from it all, but we all have that tendency within us that kind of wants to go, you know, maybe I'll just kind of keep my distance right now. Especially in this season. Like, another Christmas party? Uh, Who's coming over for Christmas dinner? And more importantly, Who's cleaning up the house so that it's ready for them to get here? Uh. And I'm pretty sure that since at least August, 101.5 The River <laughs> has been playing Frosty the Snowman right back to back with Oh Holy Night, and Bing Crosby sings them all, so just, uh, do I even hear the words anymore? We're all tempted to tune out the noise, to check out, but today, this week, I'm inviting you to check back in. And I'm here to tell you that it's not too late. I've caught myself saying later in the season than ever before, I'm not sure I'm there yet. I don't know if I'm in the Christmas spirit. Maybe you've said that yourself or you've heard somebody say that. And what do we mean by that? What is that not in the Christmas spirit? What's the difference between checked out... uh, and the opposite. And I mean, like, more than just putting on a smile for everyone to see, and even more deeper than, like, nostalgia. What is that? Well, I think that's what we're going to chase today. We're going to chase together what is that awe and wonder, that true, like, wow, of the season, and how do we get there? Why is it that we find ourselves checking out, and what would it look like for us to make a conscious decision to choose for this week, and even for our faith, to be fueled by wonder instead? At the beginning of the month, uh, Jenny, my wife, and I took our 10-month-old little boy to go see the lights display at the Toledo Zoo. Uh, We have enjoyed doing that ourselves, Jenny and I, for several years, but this year was extra special because we got to bundle up our little guy kind of like Christmas story style. He was like a Stay Puft marshmallow, and we took him to see the lights so that he could take it all in and just be encapsulated by the millions of lights. Um, And, well, here he is. (laughs) Aww. Look at his eyes. It's amazing. 
It's, it's so perfect. It's the perfect picture. I don't know why that wasn't our Christmas card. Um, he doesn't know what's happening, and yet he knows it's beautiful, and he knows that he wants it. And there's a lot that he doesn't know. He doesn't know how many minimum wage workers it took to put up all those lights and they were hired on specifically for this season and how exhausting that must have been. He doesn't know there's a global supply chain issue that we're all worried about. He doesn't know the stress being felt by the two drivers involved in the fender bender just outside of the zoo entrance because maybe somebody was trying to get a peek as they drove by. He doesn't know about the shooting that happened a couple days earlier around the block. And he doesn't know the thousand other things that weigh on our minds and weigh us down. He just knows what's in front of him and the pure wonder of it all. Pure wonder. That's pure wonder. So where's Emmett leading us here? Well, I think what Emmett shows us is that we're not born cynical. But that's something that we take on over time. And Emmett's new to the world, unburdened. So what do we do with that? Because we don't have the luxury, right, of going back to that state. Because the world is wearisome. It is heavy. Life often isn't as it should be. And over time, after a thousand little letdowns and probably some really big ones along the way too, we learn to keep our guard up and to keep our distance because we expect that there will be disappointment and pain just around the corner. This way of thinking about cynicism has been actually really helpful for me uh, because historically, I find myself more optimistic uh, than most. And especially in this season, it's really hard for me to identify and figure out why someone can be really grumpy during the most wonderful time of the year. How, why, why is that? Um, and even more confusing in a season like this season where I find myself in that category and why, how did I get there? Cynical people get so caricatured in this season and I'm guilty of it. Yes, yeah, Scrooge, like it's just a thing <laughs> that, we, that we do. We think they're uncaring, heartless. Fun sponge, if you will. But Carrie Newhoff puts it this way, and I think it's an incredibly simple and clear way of looking at how is it that this happens. Carrie Newhoff says this, Cynicism begins not because you don't care. It starts because you do. Even Frank Costanza says it in his moment of desperation. There's got to be a better way! Because he cares and it's not quite right, and he wants it to be right. And so he checks out. We've all at some point had our little Emmett-sized arm stretched out towards beauty, something we long for, something we care about, and then we're met with countless examples of ugly instead. And so that's not how it's supposed to be. I think I'll keep my distance. Cynicism begins not because you don't care. It starts because you do. But I want it to be real. And if it's not going to be real, I don't know if I want to be a part of that. 
it's a little like being a Browns fan. Why are you laughing? I actually recall last year sometime watching a Browns game with my father, uh, and we were winning. The Browns were winning. Uh, and it, they had been seeing some success. Uh, they were kind of on a hot streak. Baker was new and fresh, and it was really exciting. We were at halftime. The Browns were leading, and I was excited. I was ready to see a Browns victory. Halftime comes. I turn to my dad, who's sitting over there in his armchair, and I say, isn't this, like, cool? We look like a real football team. This is exciting. And my dad, who is seemingly having a less exciting time than I am, turns to me in the most serious tone and straightest face that I can't even do and says, you haven't been a Browns fan long enough. (laughs) We were winning! (laughs) I was excited. I was full of hope. I was expecting victory and goodness, and my dad was hate-watching, expecting disappointment. Two very different experiences of the exact same event. And I think that that's actually a really helpful picture for us so we know what we're really chasing. Because if cynicism is expecting disappointment, then wonder is a hopeful expectation. And it's more than being hopeful for a Browns victory. But really, like when I'm hopeful because I'm believing that God is the king of the world, the world gets a better me. And I experience the world a lot differently too. And so, with that as our lens, let's go ahead and look at a part of the Christmas story and we'll look for how the wonder of the first Christmas might just fuel our own in this year. So you know the story. We're going to pick it up in Luke chapter 2, verse number 8. Jesus is born. There was no room for them, so they're in an animal stall. Here we go. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord's told us about. So they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about the child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. Mary kept all the things in her heart and thought about them often. And the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. 
these shepherds. We don't know what kind of night that was leading up to the angels appearing, but just another night shift, most likely. (laughs) You can see it, right? And then, just another night became a night they would never forget. And a night we're still reading about, and it's still filling our hearts with hope and with joy and wonder. But Robert, come on. They had a choir of angels, armies of angels proclaiming and celebrating this news with them. Of course, they were full of wonder. Not at first, were they? At first, they were terrified, as I'm sure we would all be. (laughs) Because why? What do you expect from an army of angels showing up? What are you supposed to expect? I don't know. And remember, wonder is a hopeful expectation. So they didn't know what to expect, and they were terrified. And then came the news. And that's where the wonder starts. And here's the kicker. It wasn't really surprise news either. Sure, the timing and the delivery entourage was a big surprise, but the news itself wasn't unexpected. It wasn't unheard of. Look again at it with me. The angel says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem. This wasn't news that nobody saw coming. It wasn't a surprise. This was the news that these guys had heard all their lives. It's why we sing the words of the prophet Isaiah in the song, all of, the, all of his names, Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, and why those appear on our Christmas cards, because these were one of the several passages written about Jesus hundreds of years before he came. It was something that was expected. It was old news. It was news about, yes, the Messiah. The Messiah, implying they knew what the angel was talking about. Yes, the Messiah, the one you've heard about all your lives, he's here now. The one who will make what's wrong with our world right again. And if anyone knew that the world wasn't right, it was the shepherds. Remember in week one, we've already talked about how they were so low on the totem pole of society that their words weren't even valid in court. Isaiah 9, the whole thing. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government, the way things are run, will be on his shoulders. And he, he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the greatness of his government, there will be no end. That was good news, but it wasn't new news. The shepherds knew the world needed a Savior, and the shepherds knew to expect one, but I wonder if at this point, 
in their lives, it had all just become noise. Like, I believe that, but I'm just here on another night shift. And they probably weren't Browns fans. I'm just speculating. But I can almost hear them turning to me from their armchairs and saying, Robert, that's good news, but you haven't been a shepherd long enough. The Messiah may come one day, but I'm just expecting disappointment right now. What is my point? That's a choice. Cynicism is a choice. So why not choose wonder instead? Checking out is a choice. So choose to lean in and embrace hope. Choose it for you. Choose it for those especially around you because maybe your evidence of hope is the only thing standing between them and their experience of hope and uh, just another Christmas. Cynicism is a choice. Choose wonder. And then for the shepherds, the angel shows up and they're reminded there is hope. Everything that they'd heard about the coming Messiah, it's all true. And then more angels show up and more angels show up and glory to God. The shepherds were reminded and now I'm reminding you, it's all true. Jesus chose to exchange the throne room for an animal stall. It's true. He chose to enter our chaos so that we could exchange it for real peace. It's true. He chose death so that we could have life to its fullest. It's true. Jesus chose us so that we could choose wonder and experience hope fresh once again. So what can we do? How does that work? How do you choose wonder? Well, something that Jenny has been incredible at and has helped me to do from time to time is to speak the truth out loud. And if you've ever seen a toddler forced to apologize before, sometimes it kind of feels like that. But here's what I mean, for example. If I'm being self-critical, I've messed something up, oh, I can't believe it, I'm just such a da-da-da, Jenny will stop me in my tracks and she'll look at me in the eyes and she'll say, hey, you are loved. I love you. And who else loves you? And then she'll wait and insist that I say out loud, I'm loved by Jesus. Jesus loves me. And sometimes it feels silly, but then my frustrations become a little bit smaller. Because I've chosen to actively do something to drive that truth that I know deeper into my soul so that I could actually experience it. So we actually did this um, at the zoo. Not long after the picture that I showed you, um, we're walking around. We take this little side path. I think it was the hippo exhibit, and there are no lights in the hippo exhibit. It's kind of like this tunnel of darkness, <laughs> and we chose to go there for some reason. And it was during that time that out loud I said, now Emmett, 
why do we choose to celebrate with lights at Christmas time? Like he can understand me. But I continue, and he's looking around wondering why we would choose this path versus all the pretty things. But I continue and I say, we love lights at Christmas time because Jesus really came to be with us. And he was the brightest light ever. And remember, it is uncomfortably dark (laughs) in this tunnel. And I say, and without him, all we have is darkness. But his light gives us hope and beauty that we can really experience it. And we turn the corner and there's the lights again. And a chill goes down my back and I'm one degree closer to actually experiencing the hope of the season once again because we chose to actively do something to drive that truth deeper. Maybe that's not quite the thing for you, but the point is, do something. The shepherds did this. They went to go see the child, and they told everyone all the things. They spoke it out loud, and then it says that everyone else around them then also experienced that astonishment and wonder. So it doesn't even have to stick with you but do something. Choose something to cement the truth that you've heard deeper into your soul so you can actually experience it. Remind yourself that it's true because cynicism is right there to just steal your joy if you let it. So let me offer one more alternative, one more gift for you this week. For most of us, if not all of us, it is gift week. All the presents under the tree that we've been waiting for, or in some cases, maybe the shipments from Amazon that we're still waiting for. This is the week. This is the week we get to open the things. And of all the things we enjoy in this season, like the lights letting us remind us of the light of Jesus, this is the week of gifts. And if we let it, it can remind us of the ultimate gift of Jesus. Whatever you do, don't check out. Lean in instead. Even when relatives are rubbing you the wrong way, even when you're travel-weary or child-wrangling weary, and even when the empty seat in the room is painful to notice, pay attention anyway. Maybe you still have a gift left to purchase in this season. I was talking with Mark and Beth Stratman, and they said that their favorite part of the whole holiday season is buying the gifts for their kids. That's their thing. That's what gives them the warm fuzzies. Maybe you still have to do that, and maybe that can be the thing that you choose to cement the truth of the gift of Jesus in this season. Making a purchase out of pure, unearned love because that's what God did for us. Pay attention when you give a gift this week. Jesus was given for us. Say it to yourself if you have to. Maybe even in your mind, as you give the gift, Jesus was given. Pay attention when you open a gift, when you're given a gift. Someone knows you and loves you enough that they gave you that gift 
and God knows you even better and loves you even more. When you choose to pay attention in those moments, you're doing something actively to drive that truth deeper into your soul. You're choosing wonder. So don't miss it. This Christmas, this week, it's not too late. Don't let it pass without choosing at least one moment of wonder. Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for bringing goodness even when things don't look so good. Would you go with us and remind us this week that we might actually experience, even just for a moment, the wonder of what you've done for us. It's in your good, good name that we pray and ask. Amen. Hi again. Just a reminder to let us know that you're listening by heading over to bgcovenant.org connect. If you're ready to be known, we'd love to know you. And we hope you'll join us soon, every Sunday, in person or online. Thanks for listening.